Hello world, huh? The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Oh, my goodness. seen anything like that the wait is over for canadian fans and the dream is now a reality for brooke henderson and corey connor's day indeed has arrived he's a winner on the pga tour a clutch up and down for mackenzie hughes oh my goodness time for the Golf Show with Brent Gunning and Sam McKee. Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is. The return to glory on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Oh, good Saturday morning, everybody. Golf Show here. Brent Gunning, Sam McKee alongside me, buddy. I'm so happy to be here. We got a big show today. I'm, I'm going to be honest. We're not going to focus any, if at all, on the Fortinet Championship. Not the Fortnite Championship, but the Fortinet Championship. That We'll leave that for other golf entities. We're diving in big time to the Ryder Cup this week. But, of course, we can't start a golf show without talking about, you know, some lovely golf that we may have played. You were out somewhere this week. Where, where'd you get out to, McKee? So I played three rounds of golf this week, which is just a splendid week anytime. Played in, at Deer Creek in Ajax with uh, my fiance and another couple. Had a splendid evening out there. Uh, great value at that course if you're playing a twilight round. Had a blast. And then on Wednesday, I went up north. I went up to the Muskoka's to visit a friend up there who's working at Rocky Crest, uh, a top 100 course according to Score Golf. And we were playing, enjoying. It was sunny. And then we got the uh, warning on our phones that there's a tornado <laughs> alert in your area. So we finished. We got 11 holes in. It was spectacular. Stayed overnight up there. Had some fun. And then yesterday, I played at Bray Ben, one of our favorites. And let me tell you, Gunner, played great. I shot a 79. So I broke 80 yesterday. Played with our friend Rob Wong. Played really well. Made a couple birdies. Wonger was red hot on the front. He made two birdies on the front nine. And then he kind of faded towards the back. He wouldn't be too upset with me saying that. But we had a blast. And... Uh, as usual, tons of great golf in the GTA. I mean, Rocky Crest is a little far. That's like two hours north, but lots of great golf in the GTA, bud. I uh, I actually had Wonger on my Sportsnet Today show as he was driving to the course. Oh, really? I'll tell you what I told him. I felt like Bart Simpson when he broke his leg when they had the pool, <laughs> and I'm just hearing about all the great golf you guys were going to go play. Uh, I, I can't complain. I've and got... I didn't even invite you because I know you're going away this weekend, and yep. it's like, ah, I better not invite him. I'm sure hit your Sam is ready to already kick you out of the house, so I better not invite you anymore. Golf and tempt you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I have my uh, my big, basically my Ryder Cup today, the Kichu Classic. Oh, uh, we'll, be, we'll be teeing it up at National Pines, so can't can't wait for that. And then because you know, I like to tempt fate and like to see just just how violent my wife can get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play the very next day, and then guess what? I'm playing some golf on Tuesday because oh the folks at Golf Canada are having me out uh, for oh a wonderful God. event. So yeah, I get uh, the doghouse ready, buddy. Oh yeah, I, I, please. It's like it's basically a dog condo at this point. I gotta. I I don't have like a full on stove, but I have like the George Foreman grill so we can we can make some meals uh, magic bullet you know all the micro appliances uh, we're able to make it work because yeah I have definitely taking uh, up residence in in the doghouse there uh, quickly I want to mention uh, I'm having I'm going to be playing some golf uh, next week with with Golf Canada one of their media days uh, we're going to hear from Harold Varner the third later on in this show I had a chance to catch up with him uh, early on this or earlier on this week just an incredible dude you know everything you see athletes on TV and I think with golfers especially you see athletes and you can really get a feel for what kind of guy this guy is yeah. and everything that you see from Varner when he's whooping it up and he's talking with the fans, 
he's just that dude. That guy just, he's a really down to earth guy. And yeah, you'll, you'll hear from him. We'll play our five questions game with him. We, we tightened it down from when we did it with Adam <laughs> ten, Stanley. Got way, to five. Too, way too friendly. Yeah. Uh, so we did five questions with, uh, with Harold Varner, the third, I'll have that for you later on in the show, but I just want to say a tremendous event by the folks at golf Canada and RBC. They're opening up uh, what, what's in partnership with the first T program, the RBC uh, junior community outreach golf program as well. Uh, just a tremendous entity. And the more, the more you can get people involved in the game from an early age, and the more you can involve municipal facilities in that, as we have banged the hammer for uh, this year, the the better. So I just want to uh, commend the folks at RBC and and Golf Canada for the great work they've been doing. And and like I said, anytime you can you know welcome young people into the game early on, you know, just looking at the two of us, like I'm I'm so jealous how early you you started going. Yeah. And, you know, I probably still wouldn't be able to break ninety if I started early. <laughs> like I'm not going to say that that would have changed, but I mean it's it might a, it might it might uh, it's a wonderful Couldn't game. Hurt. Couldn't hurt. Uh, it's a wonderful game, and I, I'm happy we all get to play it, but I'm really, really happy that Golf Canada and the folks at RBC are kind of pushing it forward to, to get youth in, into the game. Uh, here. In terms of In terms of the Ryder Cup, baby, I'm so excited. This is so just like pulling back the curtain here. The Ryder Cup always falls in or around my birthday. Mm-hmm. So it truly is like my time to shine. Like you talk about the doghouse as much as I'm going to be in the doghouse. Then I get to be like, I get, to, I basically turn into like all the, all the people I went to university with who are like, it's actually my birthday week. That's me for, for the Ryder cup. I'm, I'm so excited. And I feel like I say this every year, but my God, the storylines we've gotten this year, Bryson, Brooksy, the European team, like kind of openly mocking and laughing at it all. It's been it's been incredible to see. I mean, where's your anticipation level? How are you? How excited are you? What what's your just kind of lead up to the Ryder Cup feel? I have to say, and you know, you talk about the the classic thing that things aren't won on paper, right? And you always say, oh, things aren't won on paper, and that's a classic stupid sports cliche to say here. But on paper, at this course, if the USA can't get it done here. I don't know what's going to happen to the USA USA golf program. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems that you look at who's on the Europe on the European team. It's guys like Lee West. I know they have the top of the the top that are very very good. Like don't get me wrong, they've got the Rombos, they've got the the McElroys, they've got the the top of the top. But you look at the state's top and it I have a hard time believing that if they can't win this, that they can even come back. Can they have another Ryder Cup if they lose this one? <laughs> this one seems so important to me for the US and I know we say this every time, but it's going to be about how they sort of mesh together as a team. Europe has it figured out. And a thing I'm going to, I want to ask Shane Ryan, who we have coming up here soon is uh, maybe it's an unquantifiable question. And I think it is. And those are always fun to ask our guests, but what is it about team Europe that makes them team Europe? What is it about what they do? Why do they just get it? And I don't understand. You see the team, you see the names on the paper, America's better on paper. There is no doubt about it. And especially at this course, they picked the team to, to punish whistling straights. What do you think, Gunnar? What is it about Team Europe? What makes them get it? I don't understand, and I want to know if Shane Ryan understands. Do you understand? It's not, to me, it's not about Team Europe getting or not getting anything. It's the complete lack of getting it from the States. Like, the, like Europe is just a team of guys. I believe Graham McDowell said it perfectly once. Just a good bunch of lads having a time. <laughs> and that's exactly what they are. They all get along great together. They're playing golf. Like, you don't got to reinvent the wheel here or, like, break the atom apart to yeah. get it right. You're playing golf at a course you've all played before, or at least pretty much every guy. I can't imagine there being a guy who hasn't played at the major that was in Whistling Straits. Like, 
you, there is no reason why, and it's not anything Europe does. It is the just complete mutiny that happens. And normally mutiny is like, we're after the captain. And I don't know, maybe they need, you know what they, sh- you know what the States maybe should have done? Bryson DeChambeau should have been a playing captain. And it's like, we're going to stick it to him. We hate this guy. Like sometimes we've talked about this on many team sports. Sometimes a hockey team, the thing that binds them together is hating the coach. Like Ken Hitchcock, they all talk about this all the time. Just it's ask like, the Sens in an ju- Uber about that one. That's right. Just ask the Sens <laughs> in an Uber. And sometimes that can bond you together. And it feels to me like the States just always has all this infighting going on and they make it so much more difficult than it needs to be. And then here's the other part of it too. You know, not that Europe isn't a bunch of PGA Tour guys. I mean, it is. Yeah, there's the odd like Bern Wiesburgers who play most of their <laughs> golf over in Europe. But I mean, it's all PGA Tour guys. But you hear, and you will hear Harold Varner III say these exact words later, they are independent contractors. And when you go into a team event, and maybe they don't say it, maybe, but it is in the back of their mind, and you heard it from Kepka, the comments he made this week. Now, I kind of agree with him. Why do you need all these meetings at the Ryder Cup? You're going to go play golf. It's not that complicated. But he's like, well, why do I have to alter my schedule for the team? Because you're on a team. Yeah. That's what it is. Have you ever, I'm sorry, have you never played a team and sport? And our boy Zinger was not too thrilled about that, eh? Well, I love that Me from, too. from Paul Azinger. Yeah, so if you missed it, he said, oh, you don't want to play? You don't like being on the Ryder Cup? Good. Don't be on the Ryder Cup. Give up your spot to someone else. And here's the thing. It's like, I don't know how bad a look that is, but he could have just said he was hurt. Like, he yeah. pulled out of the Tour Championship. There's a world where he could have pretty gracefully not played in the Ryder Cup. Now, I don't think there was ever a world that that was going to happen because, you know, Bryson would have gone 5-0 and if that's the case. Yep. And he would never, ever, ever have given him the sliver of room. But, oh boy, right back to our thing. Brooks Kepka going into the Ryder Cup. What's he thinking about? At least a little bit. Bryson DeChambeau, not the team. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not even about Europe. Europe's just a, Europe is like the control. Like, when you do experiments, it's like, okay, we're going to put acid in this one. And we're going to put this in. Europe <laughs> is the control group. It's like, okay, what happens if you don't do anything? You just pick 12 normal guys and let them go play golf together for a weekend. And what happens? And the States is like, what happens when there's a hurricane emotionally involved <laughs> in there? Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so excited just to see how guys like Bryson and guys like Brooks and guys like, you know, and even can't now. Cause he's sort of, I mean, we can talk about that too, but him getting the player of the year nod mm. and him going into that. I just feel like Europe looks at America and it's like almost like a slight, just everything they do. Like, I don't even know if there's one particular thing that America does, but the European guys just look at them and feel like they're just should be called team slight. And it's like team (laughs) bulletin board material, everything about them. There's just, they're just such different types of people and they just hate each other. And that's what makes it so great. And I feel like America just doesn't really think about team Europe and Europe kind of just goes, you know, like we want to beat them. We hate them. We can come together as a team and all America is like, yeah, it's me. It's about me. It's about me. And that's the classic recipe for the Ryder cup. So it's, it's happening. America is doing the America thing. Europe is doing the Europe thing. We're thrilled that it's happening right before the Ryder cup because it's just juicy. And Bryson, see the quote him talking about how his hands hurt because he's like, honestly, could you make it more about yourself? All these guys, Brooks saying that he's going to beat Tiger's record leading into it. Bryson has blisters on his hands from swinging the club so hard for the long drive championship after the Ryder cup. Like maybe figure out your priorities here, fellas. It's just a, you know what show it's just been amazing to watch the lead up to this.
Kepka hates DeChambeau so much that he heard him say the dumb thing about his hands being ripped up, and he's like, you know what? I'll say something. I'll say something dumber. dumber. You don't think I can? You don't think I can? Watch this. Watch this. Just watch me. And they're like, he's not good. No. Because you know he talked. Like, you think they, you think he just riffed that off no. in the interview with GQ? He's sitting there with his team no. talking about it. They're going to Jenna Sims. Hey, what do you think? You think there's a funny line? The idea that anyone uh, in their right mind would say, I'm going to beat Tiger's major record. And it's so funny to me the way, and we do this in everything, right? Like, you can find a stat to tell the story of whatever you kind of want to, make something seem not that big a deal or make something seem like a huge deal. You know, he says, oh, one major a year, what's that? And, okay, like, I can understand how a guy of his stature thinks that way. And then I didn't even click it this way. A buddy of ours in our our golf text, Eric Prime, Oh, he's just going to win 25% of the majors for the rest yeah. of his golfing career. Like what? When you put it in those terms, when you say I can win a major every year. Yeah, he can. Like he can win every single time. There's a major. He can win it. Very rarely do we not say that you're going to win 25% of the majors for the next 15 years. Not a chance. That's not an a insane chance. thing to say. Not a chance. Like it's nuts. And this, the thing, like I, I, it's funny. I feel like we are the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other, but it's you with DeChambeau and it's me with Kepka. I'm like, I like the guy, but like, not please really stop. Like, please stop. Yeah. yeah. Please, please, please stop. So I, I couldn't believe he said that. I mean, the interesting thing is like, how do you pair these guys up? Like what, what do you do? The prevailing wisdom from, from, you know, the, the uh, golf commentary, it seems to be, you need to put Bryson with Mr. Wonderbread himself, Harris English, and just make it as vanilla and as calm as possible. Now, Butch Harmon, he goes the exact other way. I don't know if you saw this. He said, just pair them together. Just put Brooks and Bryson together. And they either self-immolate or the, the hatred drives them to outperform the other guy. And and most importantly, it if it's bad, it doesn't infect any of the other groups. Like, you just send them out first. Say, don't worry about it. Don't talk to anybody. Like, I don't hate the idea. It's not the way I would go about it. But when he explained it, it did make a little more sense to me to pair them together. I, I did see that, and I immediately agreed. Honestly, just let the side show, like you said, the hurricane, tornado, whatever <laughs> it's going to be, let them go out there together because I, you don't want, you don't want to infect it. You just want to kind of have them out in front of it. Maybe. Yeah. Like you said, put them out first, have them go out there as the first one, except if you don't want Bryson, uh, the pace, the pace thing, mm, them playing together, having them being the first out. Like, I just feel like that's a recipe for disaster. So maybe that's against my point here, but I do like that. And I don't know. What do you think? I don't know what you do. I genuinely don't know what you do. Cause look, here's the thing. It's like, it's, it's the ultimate, like, do you want to shoot for the moon or do you want to play it safe? Do you care about a high floor? Or do you care about a high ceiling? And if you're worried about the floor of a pairing with Bryson DeChambeau, you should absolutely pair him with somebody like Harris English. Mm-hmm. He's not going to shoot him out of any holes. He is a guy who, you know, as good as Harris English is, he finds himself in some bad spots sometimes. And hey, Bryson will put you in amazing spots and he'll put you in really bad ones. And he can kind of, he has a steady enough game that he can play with that. If if you're worried about it, I understand that. But honestly, I think that this, I think that there is more of a potential that them just being, I'm not talking about a team, but Kepka and DeChambeau just blow up the team as, as a whole. So I say, put them out together and just don't let them don't let them worm their way into the rest of the oh, team. As you said, as you were talking about that there and t- talking about Bryce and putting people in spots, the one that would interest me is putting him with Spieth 
because I feel like Spieth is just such a short game killer. You, he's going to be bombing these drives that could be 25 feet. Who, who knows how to hit weird shots better than just, uh, than Jordan Spieth? Jordan Great Spieth point. has been in incredibly weird places on every golf course. Just think back to his last major win when he was like behind the hospitality, hospitality tent on the, and driving, on the driving range. We're on all the Titleist trucks. We're old. Uh, Matt Kutcher just took a knee for him. Didn't say one thing the entire time. Let him take 14 minutes no, to no, hit one okay, shot. No, no, it's okay, Jordan. Take Go as ahead. much time as you want. All right, so. I love the, the, the thoughts about, love that. about, uh, about the teams, but I want to ask you this and I look through the team Europe and you know, you looked at last time when it was Francesco Molinari and it was Tommy Fleetwood that teamed up and were just absolute aces. Didn't, did he go five and oh, or uh, they were Molinari? undefeated. I but can't Molinari remember if they got put in all crazy. sessions. Yeah. So who is going to be this year's Molinari? Cause Molinari obviously isn't there, but you look at names, like I guess it, the ones that come to mind are Hatton or Fitzpatrick, Paul Casey. There's going to be one of these guys. That's not one of the big boys that goes out there and slays American hearts. And I don't know which one of these guys, I mean, you obviously have Poulter, you have Lowry, Sergio is obviously in the mix here, him getting hot at the right time. There's a bunch of different guys that I feel like are in that sort of underrated guy. That's going to murder America. But which one of those guys is it to you? So it's funny. The guy that popped into my head first, actually Westwood. Yeah. Like he, he's had the moments. And the thing that I think kind of like, the thing that makes me believe that at his age, he can be that guy and do the things you need him to do is I like, I remember the long drive contest he had with Bryson and we all remember Bryson hitting at 370 over the water, but Westwood ripped it 310 right after that and was flexing. It was hilarious. And they both birdied. And they both birdied. <laughs> and I honestly do think this guy's played in so many Ryder Cups. He's had so many moments. And this is the thing. You ask me what it is about Team Europe. Maybe it's this. You know, granted, they don't have the high the high ceiling. Like, I'm okay. Rory McIlroy can play as yes. good a golf as anyone Rom. else. Rom, same deal, yeah. right? Of course. But it's like, does Tyrrell Hatton not just feel like a guy who's going to be flipping off American fans and oh, John God, with them? Yeah. Like, he is gonna, he's going to be he's combustible. Gonna, he's going to find the guy who sank the putt at Hazeltine when <laughs> Justin Rose bet him on the putting green, and he's going to, like, call him out and say, do it again, double or Quick, nothing. Quickly, as an aside, there's nothing better than the Ryder Cup coming around. So we can have that clip in the rotation. I'm seeing it on all my social medias, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. It's just floating around. That guy in the jeans nailing that putt is all time fan moment. Anyways, continue. Not anyways, continue. Because <laughs> if he didn't hit the hole, that putt would still be rolling. He hit it so hard and good on him. Like you he can't leave it up. short. You cannot yeah. leave it short. But yes, uh, one of the great, great clips <laughs> of all time. But it's like Tyrrell Hatton feels like this generation's like, I'm not going to say anybody's this generation's Poulter because yeah. what he has done has just been flat no. out special. Yeah. And and I'm not ruling out seeing it again. I'm not expecting it necessarily, but I, I'll never rule it out until he's no longer like Ian Poulter will be rolling around in his plaid pants <laughs> as an assistant captain. And I'm going to think he's going to roll in a 14 footer yeah. to save par somewhere. Like it's just, it's always going to be lurking there. They just have so many of those guys. Like Matt Fitzpatrick is maybe the one that I'm like, not him. It I am confident. It won't be Matt Fitzpatrick, but pretty much every other guy you listed there, I can mm -hmm. talk myself into like, yeah, I mean, who is it for you? Like, who's the guy for you? I love Hatton, but I think it's Sergio for me because mm. he's just playing well at the right time. You know, I just, America despises him. Uh -huh. He is one of the most hated golfers. I mean, you talk about what Bryson went through in this past season. Think back to what he was going through during the Tiger peak. Oh, he yeah. went like that. He was, there's lucky that social media wasn't around then because there was some stuff said to him during that era. That was not pretty. A lot of fuzzy Zeller. Yes. Yes. Correct. 
I think that he's going to have a couple huge moments for Team Europe. And I don't know. I can't quantify it. I don't know what it is. But I just feel like he's such a great player. He's such a great veteran. I feel like he's going to hit one out of the sand at some point that's going to roll in. People are going to go nuts. They're going to be booing him nonstop. He's going to eat it up. I feel like he's going to have a huge moment. It's Sergio for me. Mm, I agree with that. And I'll tell you a story why. So I feel like to be great in the Ryder Cup, you either have to be able to block completely everything out and Mm. just go blackout. Or you have to let it all in and truly embrace it. Yes. And I don't know that there's anybody in the world who is able to find slights with more things than Sergio. <laughs> Cause like you mentioned, Hey, he has gone through it and the stuff early in his career, like way over bounds, not oh, yeah. anything you'd say. Now he has also opened himself up to be a target later in oh, his career. Yes. I can think of him, you know, uh, taking the club to the bunkers in the uh, Saudi, Saudi <sighs> international tournament. And then in terms of a guy who wants to just find anything and turn it into, Oh, you're saying you're better than me. I remember, so when he won the Masters, he named his daughter Azalea because he made Eagle on the whole named Azalea. Is that 15? uh, I can't remember. I can never remember if it's 15 or 13. But the other one is called Firethorn. And he, the next year, he's defending his title and he makes bogey or double or whatever on Firethorn. And I forget who said it, but one of the commentators was like, well, if he has a second child, I doubt he'll be naming it Firethorn. <laughs> and he launched into like a Twitter tirade on the guy like, don't you disrespect my family. This is oh my wife my you're talking God. about. And it's like, if you can get that worked up about that, the Ryder <laughs> Cup is right, right, right in uh, your uh, trade of thought there, Sergio. Yeah. And just quickly as an aside, that shot that he hit on 15, at a, I think maybe that's the one that he named his daughter yep. after, after, but it hit the pin. And then he went up there for that eagle putt and he rolled and it just died over the lip. And that was kind of what sealed it. Actually, it's not kind of what sealed it because he gagged on 18 and he had to go to a, uh, a playoff with his buddy, uh, Justin Rose, who laid down for him. Uh, you'll never, ever convince me otherwise that he, oh, I'm going to hook one into the woods where I've never hooked one into the That was such a lay down. And he had to shakily make a par on that one, too, to win it. So uh, that's a complete master's aside. And I feel like he gave it to him. But yeah, uh, Sergio is going to be an ace in the Ryder Cup. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, you can tell we're both like in Europe. I'll, yes. I'll quickly, quickly throw a couple of bets at you here. You can still mm. get Europe at a plus number. Uh, a yep. lot of books that I've seen. Uh, go do that. Yeah. I have done that already. I'm upset. The number's higher now than when I bet a couple of weeks ago. Really? Yes. So uh, you might want to jump on that. And I know we crapped all over the guy because let's be honest, it's fun, at least for me. But Bryson DeChambeau, last I looked at, plus 1,100 to be the leading point getter in the Ryder Cup. Now, look, there's a world where he's terrible. There there absolutely is. Mm. There's also a world where he goes 4-0-1 or something like that, and he's just Captain America and puffing his chest out. And, I, like, I'm not going to tell you I love to see it, but I could easily see it happening. That's too good a value not to put a couple hard-earned dollars mm-hmm. on that baby. And, you know, I don't want to cheer for America, though. Like, I know, like, I'm not a big America guy. And I was talking about this with Russ this week, and he's like, well, what about when Tiger plays? And I'm able to completely separate it. You know, Tiger is playing in his match. Maybe I'm cheering for him a little bit. What about you? How do you feel about that? Oh, I always cheer for, I always cheer for Europe. And then when Tiger is, so here's what it is. Overall, I always want Europe to win, but then the matches get going and I just pick a team that I like. Like if you throw, I don't know, you throw DJ and Kepka out there. It's not going to happen, but it's like, oh, I like both those guys. They're not playing Rory and Rom. Okay. Yeah. Go America this time. I kind of go match to match. And that's why I throw the bet out there. Bet Europe to win, bet Bryson to be the leading point getter. And then it's like, you get a little bit of both. You get a little bit of both. I have to say that I, this is one of the things. Like the president's cup's okay. It's, it's, it's fine. I understand. But the fact that I'm not American or European for the Ryder cup is one of my all time sports jealousy moments because it's just such an incredible 
sort of, you know, competition that they just get. They get it. Mm -hmm. You know, they get, they're allowed to have this. This is their thing. The American golf Twitter guys are fired up. One we're going to talk to here shortly is Shane Ryan. But it's just, I'm so jealous of their fandom. It's like me in college sports in the States. You know, I see these games at Florida, you know, the Gators, or you see like LSU, mm-hmm. these crowds going nuts. And I'm like, God, wish I had that. But I just can't do it. I can't, like, I'm, of course, excited about the Ryder Cup. I love watching the Ryder Cup, but I don't have that real, real rooting interest. Like, if I want, I want Europe to win, but, like, I don't really care if they don't, you know? Yep. It's, it's, just, it's just something I'm very jealous of. And you you may not have the Clemson Tigers, but you absolutely have the Owen Sound attack. Oh, and if we're, baby. And if we're going to talk about the President's <laughs> Cup, I have to mention the greatest highlight in President's Cup history is Tiger Woods taking his hat off before the ball. Now, I know that's an edited video. <laughs> the but The edited pun, one is the, now the normal that's one? That's the normal one. Uh, when he beat Abe Answer and it's edited, so he is taking off his hat while there's still about 14 feet left in the putt. Uh, he really just Kevin nodded perfectly. Uh, uh, oh, man. What would you do if Tiger was spotted on a golf cart at the I, Ryder Cup? I would be excited. I just, I've just i been seeing some little clips of him floating around, mm-hmm. of him out and about. And that makes me happy. Agreed. You know, you know, I don't really care. We got our moment. We asked for a comeback, and we got way better than we could have ever imagined. I'm just happy that he's back. And like, that could have been so much worse, the, the crash. And we're just happy he's around. So maybe we'll see him in a car. I bet you he's around. Come I on. Would, you don't I, think he's going to be around? At the very, you know, here's the thing. He's going to do a Zoom call with the team and yeah. they won't talk about it unless they win. That's what exactly what's going to happen right there. God, they, you know too much about golf. If they win, that'll be the Jason Hayward speech from yes. when the Cubs won the World Series. And if they don't, it never happened. Never and happened. they miss Tiger's magic is how uh, that will go. You know what's going to go next is us talking to Shane Ryan, somebody who knows a lot about Tiger magic, a lot about American golf. You mentioned American golf Twitter. They're fired up. He is chief among them. Can't wait to talk to Shane Ryan. We'll do that next. Welcome back. Golf show sports Dead radio network. Always love having you guys with us. Five ninety five ninety is the text line, but right now we're headed to the phone line. Our buddy from golf digest. We've checked in with him a lot this summer and I've loved our chats. Shane Ryan joins us now. Shane, how you doing today, bud? Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me back. I like uh, I like saying the phone line. It kind of makes it sound like I just keep calling you, and then once in a while you have to accept it. You're yeah. like, sorry, the guy keeps calling. We gotta have him once in a while. His Bryson takes are just too strong. We gotta we gotta <laughs> keep going back to the well. Uh, you know, I I we we just did our opening block. You were talking about how excited we are for the Ryder Cup. I mean, just in tr- we will get into the nitty gritty in just a second. Sam and I were both saying though, like we're so jealous of you. Like on one hand, it's nice to just get to watch it as a neutral observer, but I'm so jealous of how much you get to sink your teeth in and puff your chest out and, and cheer for America. Like what does a Ryder cup mean to, to, to you as an American golf fan? Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, it's because I'm tainted because I'm a journalist. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a real American anymore because I'm a journalist. <laughs> I'm in the media. Uh, I'm sort of like living constantly in international waters. No, I, uh, yeah, you know, it is. I, I grew up loving the Ryder Cup, and I still love the Ryder Cup. But, you know, it's funny because I think I love the strategy of it and the drama of it. And, you know, I'm writing a book about it, and I was thinking this year, what's the best? You know, what's the best of the book, whether America wins or Europe wins? And I almost think it doesn't matter. I think it's so interesting either way. And that's kind of how I've come to feel about the Ryder Cup, which I know isn't answering the question. You know, you, like you said, you guys don't. Well, you have the President's Cup, but it's not quite the same thing, is it? No. Um, you know what the yeah, president? So- you know what the President's Cup is to me, at least. I won't speak for Sam, but for me, it's me just complaining that Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin get sat too often. Yes. That's what the President's Bingo. Cup is to me. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it was great being partisan when I was a kid. I remember '99 in Brookline, the big comeback. That was mm. one of my favorite sports memories. 
Um, you know, then you start to get to know the golfers, and then <laughs> then sometimes, based on their personalities, you really tend to root for Team Europe, actually. But <laughs> um, this is in Canada. Don't tell anyone in America I said that. It's yeah. okay for me to say to you. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's such a great sporting event. That it's just such a joy, and it's, it's really nice to be there. And it's, but it's a heck of an event to watch on TV, too. Everything is so great about it. All right, Shane, so you just mentioned Team Europe there and how you're a big Team Europe fan, and we're just going to play this in America for everyone to be mad at. <laughs> but, so I'm going to ask you, I talked to Gunning about this in our first segment, and I'm going to ask you it, too. And it may be an unquantifiable question, and I love asking guests that, but why does Team Europe just seem to get this? What is it about them that just makes them so good at this? Well, gosh, I'm going to write a 200-page book about it, you know, and so like, I don't know if we can... Go, give me it all. all. You know, <laughs> I, I think, really, it's the best question in sports. I think it's the greatest mystery in sports, and there's a few theories. I, I go a few ways. I think there's something about America that makes them always the favorite, and I think Europe pulls off this incredible magic trick of being perpetually in the underdog mentality, even though they're like 9-3 and three in the last 12 Ryder Cups, right? And there's no... There's no other sport where you could do that, where you could constantly win and then still come in with a chip on your shoulder. Um, but that's just the way it is in golf, because America usually has the better individual golfers with the better resumes and you know better success in the majors and higher world rankings on average and stuff like that. So they have that going for them. Um, you know, there's a myth that these guys are all best friends in Europe and they all get along and the Americans are all butting heads, but that's not true with Europe. They're not all best friends, but they do find a way to put things aside and really kind of come together as a team for the Ryder Cup in ways that, you know, anybody who read that, that Brooks Koepke interview on Golf Digest, it was such a good interview in the sense of giving an insight into him, but it's also great insight into the mentality of how the Americans really feel about the Ryder Cup. They want to win, but it's kind of a pain for them, and they don't, they don't love it in the same way, and they don't love, especially American golfers, don't love team sports in the same way. And they lag behind, and they lack, they lack a certain kind of competitive passion that you see in guys like Ian Poulter and you know Lee Westwood. It's so fascinating that there's so many Europeans who have never won a major that are just so effective and have been great for years in the Ryder Cup. It doesn't really make sense. So that goes into it, and there's so much more, but it really is such an f- interesting, fascinating dynamic that I could personally talk about for three hours. I'll end now, but maybe that gives you like – sort of scratching the surface there. No, I think, I think you, you nailed it. And because, because when, when we were talking about this earlier, my, my whole take is that it's not about anything team Europe does. They're like the control in an experiment. It's whatever team USA does. That's causing them turmoil. It's not, it's not the, the other way around. And, you know, you mentioned Kepka in that interview and it's so weird to me that a guy who you, every time he is asked, what would you, hey, you had your druthers, what would you be doing? Oh, I'd be a Major League Baseball player. I'd be like my uncle who won the World <laughs> Series MVP. Yeah. And, then he, and then he basically just lists off all the things he hates about having to answer to literally anyone else. Like, it's just so, <laughs> that, that disconnect alone just makes no sense to me. Yeah, and, but don't get it twisted, too. I mean, Europe, like, I was, I'm doing a little, you know, study of the history. Europe was transforming their course to their benefit by 1983, First time the Americans did that was 2008. Okay, that's 25 years right there. Um, you know, there's things like Europe had stats groups before the Americans did. Europe, you know, considered pairings in kind of a more in-depth, strategic way before the Americans did. Um, you know, the funny thing about the history of the Ryder Cup is it starts in 1927. Americans dominate for 50 years, which is a really long time for somebody to dominate that thoroughly and for the event not to just get canceled. <laughs> you know, like it, it's amazing that it kind of survived. And then in 1983, Tony Jacklin comes on as the captain of Team Europe. And 
changes things so suddenly and so swiftly. And, of course, European golf was coming up at the same time with guys like Bernard Langer and Seve Ballesteros, Dick Faldo, et cetera, that 40 years later, the Americans are just starting to grapple with the fact that there is something more to this Ryder Cup that they're not doing. And to their credit, they're starting to do it, but it's only happened in the last six years. And it shows you, you know, maybe a little bit of the American mentality, but also specifically American golf mentality was very slow to change, very slow to change, very slow to realize that it's about more than, oh, geez, our guys just went out and didn't hit the putts today. Well, eventually, you know, at 40 years of losing, you start to go, maybe there's a little bit more to it than that. Uh, and so finally, I think they're coming around to it. I, for me, Steve Stricker seems to really have his kind of head in the game. And I think America should win this time, but it really is something else to see how long it's taken them to kind of get the point. So you mentioned the course there and how they're designing the courses to you know, how Europe was starting to, to do it uh, back then. So you look at the on-paper matchup here and you combine the course, the whistling straights are playing at with the star power, you know, America has. If they can't get this one, Shane, like then what? Because this is looking like it should be a sort of an American renaissance for them because it seems like they picked a good team. The course is matched up. I'd be very concerned as an American golf fan if they can't get this one. You're exactly right. That's, you, know, you just stated the premise of my book, I'm, really. Uh, is <laughs> okay. That, yeah, really, that's it. Because you have 2014 in Glen Eagles, which is, after decades of disasters, it's the ultimate disaster, right? <laughs> you have Tom Watson being the worst possible captain for America, Paul McGinley being the best possible for Europe. It's so bad that America is forced to change. So really, it's a good thing, kind of like waking a sleeping giant. They have the task force. They say, we're going to do this. We're going to have stats guys. We're going to start really looking into it. 2016 comes, and they do a great job. Davis Love III, they win in Minnesota. Then 2018 happens. They go to Paris, and it's the same thing that's been happening over and over. They get killed. They're dysfunctional. Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson are fighting. And so here you come to whistling straights. And just like you said, really good team. They have control of the course. The captain seems to have it together. If they can't win at home here, if Europe wins again on the road, which the U.S. hasn't done in you know, 30, 40 years, if they do that, then what hope is there? <laughs> well, they have to win this. They have to. It's a must-win. There's not many must-win Ryder Cups in world history, but this is one of them. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you would not want the downfall of the Republic any further. Definitely not with uh, another uh, another Ryder Cup loss there. You know, in terms of the, I'm going to really excite my co-host when I use this next word. Do the states need like a talisman? Do they need oh, like wow. their lucky charm? Like it feels like Europe. You mentioned it. Be a Westwood. Be a Poulter. You know, we've talked. To, you know, I know people have thrown out the idea of a Kevin Kisner or Kevin Na was banging the table saying, "Get me in there." Like, does it need to come from better? Like you mentioned it. They're looking at the numbers. They're going analytical. But if that's not the answer, do they need that kind of pixie dust, that magic genie? I don't know. And I don't know how you find that. But it seems like maybe that's the only thing they haven't tried. Yeah, you know, part of the problem is if you're Europe at this point, when you've had so long a record of success, you can go with experienced guys and know that in this case, experience means they've won a lot, right? And so U.S. doesn't have that because they've lost so much that if you go with experience, it's going to be somebody who's <laughs> 5 and 15. You know what I mean? And so it doesn't, you don't draw on experience. So you go, okay, well, they should go with youth and rookies. And that's what they're doing this time. And I think that's a good move. But yeah, to your point, if there is something that America, I don't think quite understands or acts on, which is that I'll give you two things. One is that match play is its own discipline. It's different than stroke play. And that if you look at someone like Kevin Kisner, who Billy Horschel, whoever, they were really good at match play and they always have been. And that should matter more than it seems to to the Americans. It certainly matters to the Europeans. The second thing is passion. And when you see somebody like Brooks Kepka, <laughs> clearly doesn't want to be there. And, and I, by the way, I appreciate his honesty. I'm glad he's saying what he's thinking. And that's, 
all very interesting, but really doesn't seem to like the Ryder Cup that much. And you go, well, why are you going? You know, why don't you just stay home? And then somebody like Billy Horschel, who was so mad that he didn't get a call, that didn't even get a call telling him he would be a captain's pick, that he goes pissed off and he goes and wins in Wentworth. And it's like, why don't you, you know, you want that guy on your team. You want Kevin Na, you want Kisner, these guys who are just dying to play and would be so good for that environment and would treat it like the gift of a lifetime, you know, rather than some obligation where, you know, I'm upset because I don't get to take a nap in the middle of the day or whatever. Yeah. I mean, in, oh, in his defense, I do get, I do get salty when I can't take my nap. So I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily hate him. All right. So you just mentioned all those names there and this guy is not any of those names. He's the opposite. It's Bryson. And we've gone this far into the conversation without talking about Bryson. Congrats to us. Yes. What the yeah, hell? Are we, the back. What the hell are we expecting from Bryson? Because I have no idea. I saw that quote where he's got blisters on his hands from trying to, you know, hit the ball so hard for the long drive championship after the Ryder Cup. Like, what are we doing here, Shane? What are we expecting from him? Yeah, I mean, here's just a guy that you know he, he could have success. Don't get me wrong, Brooks Kepka has had success, but psychologically and fundamentally, not geared to be a team player, not geared for the Ryder Cup. That's not his. Yeah, Forte. <laughs> it's yeah. never going to be. And he's and he struggled in team competitions before. He he wasn't very good in Paris. Now in Paris they had the course almost Bryson proofed. I mean they didn't do it on purpose for him, but that's the kind of course that you know he has almost no hope in because of his style of game. And that style of game has become even more exaggerated. So yeah, you know I, I think here's what you can expect from him. If, if I were Steve Stricker, and this is not any kind of genius philosophy, I'd play him in four ball, which is everybody plays their own ball. Definitely would not play him an alternate shot. I don't think he, that seems exactly the kind of thing designed to sort of make him blow up. And I would tell him, look, I'm, you're going to play three matches. You're going to play four ball each day. And of course you're going to play the singles match. Just do the best you can. And how can I make you comfortable? Yeah. <laughs> that's all you can do. You know, that's all you can do. And, you know, he's got the Kepka thing going against them and they, they're going to have their tension or whatever the case is. And neither one of them are really either willing or able to kind of like have a little truce for the week of the Ryder cup, the way the Europeans are so good at. That's all you can do with Bryson and just hope for the best. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that makes you think, hey, maybe the Americans should have 12 captain's picks next time and leave all these people at home. Honestly. <laughs> really just, just construct your team and leave anyone that's going to be trouble at home. Yeah, that's uh, that's well said. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what you do with Bryson. I guess the only kind of counter to that is, you know, with a personality that big, it's, you know, this isn't, this isn't, I don't know, Tony Finau even sitting a couple of matches. Like if you sit Bryson two times, like that's a storyline and we're going to talk about it. And that really shouldn't matter. But based on the entire conversation and oh, the history of the last 50 years of the Ryder cup, something tells me uh, it's going to, they've, they've got their hands full one way or another. I can't wait. Ryder cup in a week's time. Uh, we'll be in the thick of it. Uh, Shane, thanks so much for the time today, bud. Really appreciate it. Thanks a million, buddy. Yeah. I love talking about it. You got it. Thanks guys. Yep. There you go. Shane Ryan, Golf Digest. Uh, absolutely love, love, love talking to him there. He, he's one of our favorites, and I'd argue he has had every... There there have been no shortage of Bryson takes this mm. year. Mm. And I'm this is not me co-signing all of them, but I'd argue no one's had better Bryson takes than that guy. He has just kind of perfectly kind of thread the needle for me and made me think about it in ways I kind of haven't. So I've loved uh, so, getting his take on all that this summer. What would you think about him saying he wouldn't play Bryson an alternate shot? Do you think that makes sense? Because if I feel like he could be a monster weapon in alternate shot, like I was talking about in the first segment, with a guy with a nasty short game, right? Because he's, he's, you take the bomb and gouge, I guess, but I guess he does have to do the gouging as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just him bombing every time. You do have to do the gouge as well. But I feel like he's a huge weapon if you can set him up with a guy with a great short game. The, the speed thing you threw at me really yeah. does make me think. Now, the problem is, is, no, I don't, maybe this is unfair. And this is, like, I... If I didn't say this, I'd get mad at somebody saying this, okay? <laughs> but it's like, 
if anybody on America is going to be that magic guy, isn't it going to be Jordan Spieth? Yeah. Like it, so you don't like on one hand, it's like his magic fixes Bryson. Bryson's fixed. Everything's fixed. Okay. I see it. But on the other hand, it's like, you don't want to put him in a dour upset mood. And we know Spieth cares about who his partners are. Like For we, sure. We know he doesn't want to play with Patrick Reed anymore. Yeah. Not that that's going to be an issue, but, but I mean, he does have the experience of playing with a total, you know what? <laughs> so maybe point. fire him with him. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my choice and my prediction that they do play together at some point in this. I, I don't dislike that at all. I think there's a really good idea. The thing I think you have to do though, especially if you're going to do what Shane does or Shane suggested and just play him in the four ball is you've got to find him a partner he likes. Like you mm-hmm. cannot, or sorry, you have to just pick one and say, okay, be it Heritage English, be it whoever. You're with him. You're with him. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear it. I don't, I don't, I don't care how it went the first time. I, you hated it. Cool. You're going to hate it for another 17 yeah. hours. Cause that's how long it's going to so take that, you to play these Ryder Cup. Rings. Well, then that's the perfect argument for the Brooksy thing. Yeah, you guys are both going to hate this, but get over it and deal with it. And it's like, here, you know what? You guys want to play alternate. You guys want to play alternate shot, play well, and you can go play alternate shot with somebody else. Almost have it be like the, uh, the carrot for them. And I, I have to say, I do love uh, Shane Ryan's explanation of what makes Team Europe Team Europe and how they have this sort of underdog mentality when they don't even really deserve because they've been, what, I think he said nine and three in the last like, 12 of them. It's like, yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting that they have this sort of under, underdog. Mentality. I can't wait to read that book. It's going to hey? be great. Like, that's going to be a hell of a buck. So he, he, I, I love how he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe better if America wins for the, or they lose for the book. We'll see. Like, maybe. Lose, 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 lose. <laughs> yeah. lose. Uh, last thing, you know, you mentioned they have all the guys there. I mean, yeah, they have the guy. They have the guy who should have been player of the year over in Europe in John Rahm. And that's I mean, a nice little slight for him. That's a great slight. Like, you know, you know, all the European boys were like, if they had a vote, they're like, not Rom. Give it to Cantley. Yeah, you know Cantley, how upset Cantley, he's going to be. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, like. I understand it in theory, how you end up with it being Cantlay, but For it was sure. Rom. He was the best player this year. It's not even close. And Cantlay has one less win if uh, Rom doesn't test positive for COVID. Yeah. Was that at Memorial? Yeah. yeah. Six shot lead. Yeah. I think he would have held on. I Something s- tells still me. Still to this day, they should have let him go out first thing in the morning, play that round and have it be over with and have him win. Because even Cantlay, you ask him in his, I don't even think you have to get him with a truth serum. If he really like feels like he deserved that win, I don't think he's going to say, yes, he does. He seems like a pretty introspective person. There's no way he's like, I really earned that one. It's like, yeah, no, uh, John Rom's 17th COVID positivity earned him that, uh, that title. Find something that loves you the way COVID loves <laughs> that guy. Uh, in all seriousness, so happy he's healthy and can't oh, wait yeah. to see him at Tina it up at the Ryder Cup. Let's Ugh, go one week away. Coming up next. Harold Varner the third. Uh, it was great, great, great to get a chance to hook up with him earlier this week. I'll bring you my conversation with HV3 next on the golf show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Sportsnet 590 the fan. Welcome back, golf show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Frank Gunning, Sam McKee alongside me here. Always happy to have you guys. Look, I, I know I've neglected the text line today. I'm so very, very sorry. I, I know. Shame, shame on me. Always love hearing from you guys. See them where you're teeing it. Keep them coming. We'll be back to the text line next week. But this week, rare two guest day on the golf show. Uh, thanks to the fine folks at RBC and Golf Canada. They hooked me up with a uh, quick little chat with Harold Varner III. Talked about junior golf programs, how much that matters to him. I got into the Netflix series with him. Asked him about the Brooks Bryson thing. And then we got into our new favorite segment, Five Questions. So here it is, my chat with Harold Varner III. Haven't been in Canada in a while. What's it like to do one of these junior golf events in a, uh, a different country outside of Europe? Uh, obviously it's different, but it's all the same thing that I really believe in is just giving access to kids that obviously don't have the chance and you know I was one of those kids and when I when I can be a part of that just knowing that like the opportunity it's given me I want to be a part of it 
No, that's that's really nice to hear. And then, you know, I saw you interacting with these kids today. I think you like oh. you like golf, but I feel like you love that a little more. I love it. It's uh I think it's you know, we're getting older, so you like you enjoy being around kids. Kids give you life. I just know that my mentors are always like hanging around me. They're like, You keep me young. I'm like, All right, old man, you know, just joking. But yeah, I, I really thoroughly enjoy the um the aspect of where the kid is the entertainment. I love when things aren't on me. Everywhere I go, it's always Harold, Harold, Harold. When you're when you're around a kid, that kid doesn't care what you are. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's about to be a lot more on you. You're about to be a father. You're 31. I'm 31. I just became a father last year. Uh, this is an exciting time for both of us. Uh, what's going through your mind? Did you get ready for that? Mixing that in with the world of golf? Uh, how's that like for you? Wow. Um, congrats to you, first of all. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, my wife is nine months pregnant today, so it's uh, or this is her week of nine months, whatever. I'm like, can't figure this out, but it's something that you just figure out. I think we do a good job of that in our sport in general, but I think to be successful in life, you have to do that. No, that's uh, that's a really good perspective to have. Uh, a couple of actual golf questions for you. I know you're having t fun talking about other stuff. Uh, the tour coming out with its statement on you know calling Bryson DeChambeau Brooksy or calling any other players any other names that's in a kind of ejectable offense. What do you make of the you know that rule and then just the entire back and forth or at least back one way between uh, those two all summer? What what have you guys on tour kind of made of it? Uh, I think that um, I think that it's kind of weak by the tour. But I don't run the tour. I'm just a participant of the tour. Um, I thought it was, it's all fun and games till someone gets hurt, huh? Uh, but I think it's hilarious. You know, they'll be all right. They're both playing in the Ryder Cup. Well, one of them is and one of them we don't know yet. But it all it's like if it doesn't matter for five minutes, don't spend five years worrying about it. And that's just really not how the tour works. They'll worry about it for 15 years, and then the media does a good job of keeping it relevant. Yeah, jerks, like, jerks, jerks like me, right? Uh, so, so in terms of the Netflix series that's coming out, you know, everyone wants to know, hey, who's the guy? Are they going to have Tiger in there? I don't want to know that. Who's the guy that you know on tour that maybe the rest of us don't know? The Harry Higgs type who's going to be a star if they put him mic'd up on that. I'm not even in it. So I, I, don't, I don't know who's in it. I don't know nothing about it. I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, yeah, I don't want anything to do with it. I want to live my own life and not have to worry about the cameras being in my face. I like to have fun, and I can have fun without and help people without being on Netflix. I was just telling them about how I think the Formula One is really good because no one knew about Formula One. A lot of people know about golf. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, all right, uh, thanks, Harold. I'm just going to do our uh, quick little five questions here with you, if that's okay. The one course to play for the rest of your life. It would be Gas and Country Club. Yeah, it's so much fun. I, I But I'm more of a... I'm more of a who I get to play with, not where I get to play. Who's in your dream foursome? Mine would be Ben Hogan, Jack, and Tiger, but they all have to be in their primes. How many aces have you made? Uh, two. They've only been on the PGA Tour. Eight at Memorial, three at PGA West North. What's the must-have item in your golf bag? Ooh, uh, a coin. I never have one. Are you down with music on the golf course? Always. What are you listening to? Everything except techno and... Maybe not country. I like to listen to rap, some Temptations. I like a little bit of a little bit of everything. But if it's techno, I am out. I have a buddy who who loves Biggie on the golf course. So oh, him dude, you can't. Fine. Yeah. Harold Varner III, thanks so much, man. Awesome, no worries, bud. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Again, big tip of the cap to the folks at RBC and Golf Canada for hooking me up with that. Uh, McKee, real fun show next mm. week. Now, we got some news. Yeah. I'm going to be quasi flying solo next week. Where yeah. are you going to be? So, uh, playing at Lakeview next Tuesday, too. Oh, okay. So, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, big deal. But next weekend, I'm flying 
uh, to Nova Scotia, one of the better provinces in Canada, one of the best places in the world, going to Cabot Cliffs and Cabot mm. Links, playing twice, seeing my great friend Keegan Patterson, who's out there. Shout out to him. Just got engaged. Big shout out to Keegan. Love you, buddy. Big shout out. Big, big shout out. And uh, I'm going to be playing the number one and number five courses in Canada next week and potentially doing some night golf at the Nest, which is out there as well. So I'm going to be out there. You can call me. Uh, I don't know if I'll pick up, but you can give me a call, all right? I can call you on your cell phone. Uh, McKee, honestly, it won't be upset one way or another because if you're talking to me, it means you're talking to me, and if not, it means you had a time at some <laughs> point in time. Uh, so, uh, hey, mystery of next week's show. Will we hear from Sam McKee? Who knows? But you will hear from me, as always. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.